There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, Frank! We tell him to be quiet. I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight. Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss. A dimension of mind. Nan Adams, is that you? Ah! Ah! Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. <laughs> I am, of course, your host, Nick. I am the. Uh, showrunner slash nick whatever you want to call it what's that nick as always yeah nick as always i didn't say it this week <laughs> no, I, I said it for you yes there you go. so we don't forget <laughs> yay Bless so you. we're back we're back two weeks in a row thank god i'm not Woo-hoo! dying no one's dying that's good um it's uh been an interesting week it's uh you know very very busy getting ready to as this recording i haven't done it yet but i'm getting ready to do the fourth anniversary of my uh my movie movie review movie emporium channel which will come up wednesday uh so you'll this will already have passed but it's been a busy week trying to prepare and all that stuff thanks to jacob and triv for helping me out with that um but once again we're here to talk the twilight zone rod sterling's famous uh series so it doesn't have a Funko Pop. Um, unfortunately, Rob has made that very well known to us. Rob has one. <laughs> oh, Rob, yeah, Rob has one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah man. Only, only Rob would be able to be able to have his very own uh, Rod Sterling Funko Pop. You gotta ask Ann Sterling about that. When we do the when we do the introduction or the opening <laughs> and the closing. There you go. Right, right. But it just slowly zooming in on it. <laughs> um. But just to let you guys know, um, unfortunately, Alex was just due to scheduling issues, was not able to come on. I said that she was probably going to, but unfortunately, things didn't work out. She will definitely be on at some point, I promise. But uh, we have the next best thing. Uh, this gentleman, of course, has uh, been on a couple times now uh, for a couple episodes. He has been instrumental uh, to being the first first guest host that we ever had before Jacob came on and uh, destroyed everything with explosions, you know, that type of thing. No, oh yeah, and I, I I like the explosion. It's <laughs> sweet. Hey, you said put an explosion. I feel on like that was time. a knock at me. It's like that really that motherfucker. No, you know I'll, what? I'll be... It, it, it would have been a knock at you, Jake, if I he had it. actually exploded over top of your head. But he did not oh, explode shit. you. That didn't sound right. <laughs> I'll, I'll be up on my to. head. No, but it's like I was watching it, and he's and you started to say, "I was like, he's going to do it," and it just goes like a green screen. Like, oh. <laughs> to be fair, that's right. the best thing I could come up with in like five minutes. I was like looking for because you said put that an explosion. Perfect. I'm like, you know what? Jacob's been asking for an explosion for months now, and I got to find something. And I'm like, I don't know how to green screen this out. I'm not really good with Adobe Photoshop or you know whatever trivia uses for her her thing but um i like here here's a green screen with an explosion show it in <laughs> yeah show, throw it in there for like 10 seconds and uh let's, let's hope it appeases jacob and uh he's like i know shit fuck? i have <laughs> i have probably acquired over time like coming at the screen up down left right all kinds of stuff like these animated explosions that i've used in my videos i probably have no less than 20 of them Mm. <laughs> just <laughs> random explosions well so, you're um... i got you i got your back if you need expo- if you need explosions <laughs> i'm your man 
<laughs> well, hell, your show uh, that you do now has uh, every time you uh, cut it up into pieces for each segment, it has explosion in it. So there you go. Yeah, explosion. Yeah. yeah. Michael Bay explosions. <laughs> yeah. Explosions by Michael Bay. Lots of fire. Explosions. Uh, with fire. Yes. yes. Explosions. <laughs> But uh, with that said, uh, Rob, how you doing, man? Welcome back. Thank you for coming last minute. I know you're uh, very busy this week, so I do appreciate you coming on to talk about this uh, episode that is, of course, named after me. You know, I am, of course, the, the uh, mystic seer in this episode, named Nick, that type of thing. But uh, how you doing, Rob? Good. I returned just in the nick of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Nick, I have to ask, you have a janky eye because that that uh, mystic seer has an incredibly janky eye. It's like the one diamond. Yeah, trying to do thing. the eye things like, yeah, I need like, this a crystal, one. crystal. This is a good one. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That I will let you know. It's almost like a, a, a was an eight ball. The, oh, yeah, what it is the magic eight ball. That's what it feels mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. That or like mm-hmm. a Zoltar or not a Zoltar, the thing from Big. Yeah, Zoltar. Zoltan. Zoltar. Zoltan. 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 Yeah. Zoltan. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. Zol something. Not to be confused yep. with Zul. <laughs> Ghostbusters. There is no, <laughs> there is no creature, Keymaster. only Zul. <laughs> um, but anyways, how you doing, Rob? Uh, how's everything been? Good. Good. Just busy with work and all that kind of stuff and uh, hanging out. Excellent. Excellent. Just hanging out. Hanging Just out. Hanging out. Hanging out with my family, having myself a par. Sorry, that was a birdemic <laughs> reference. There, I can't stop myself. Oh, do like an acapella thing. Yeah. <laughs> right on. By the way, uh, congratulations to Triv. She's almost at a thousand uh, subscribers. So oh. get her there. Woo-hoo. Congratulations. <laughs> she uh, she apparently decided to post a video, and people actually decided to to watch it and subscribe. So that was that's good. I'm glad yeah. for you. I'm happy Woo-hoo. for you. Um, I'm just happy to hit 900. It, yeah, I, I got a ways to go before I hit a thousand, but we're on our way. So that's that's nice. Hey. I remember when she was at like 200. Yeah, <laughs> I remember me when I, I was at zero. This big. <laughs> this big. And now now she's like this big. What? Now she has grown. <laughs> she's it's all because of you guys and the love. If I didn't have your love, I would shrink back down. I'm telling you, when you when you cold. inject yourself with the trolls, you get uh you get the uh you get the goods, you know. Well, between that and the leprechaun, I, that seems to be what did it. So, I'm not troll to leprechaun. <laughs> I showed Nick yeah. my uh I have Uh-oh. these videos on my YouTube mm-hmm. <laughs> that are old Hitler reacts to videos. Oh God! But I did like <laughs> way back what? when, <laughs> and they've got like a million views. It's oh, like shit. it's put a million views on my channel. I think the. Fr- the first one has like 898,000 views or something like that. Holy and, shit. But it's like, I told him it's, it was done before there was any monetization. And then when monetization came out, I couldn't monetize it because it was copyrighted. And then when ah. people started having more fair use stuff, they had taken cop- the monetization away from anybody with under a thousand subscribers. And I put out like a video every year and a half. So <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, it's I got quality, it. not quantity. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got lucky with that. Uh, that once I hit a thousand subscribers, I uh, I had all the time, you know, the viewing time already established before I uh, when I got yeah. to a thousand, so I didn't have to wait. I don't. Did you have that problem, Jacob? When you got to? No, I hear people were always talking about. Oh man, it could be so long after once you hit a thousand. That's only the first one. You got like it'll take so yeah. long. I was like, it was like two weeks. 
Like I, I, because I, I already had the stuff filled out because mm-hmm. you could do it in advance. And then it hit and they sent me a message saying, hey, you hit a thousand subscribers, maybe two weeks, if that, it wasn't long. And they said, you're monetized. I mean, don't think I was making a whole bunch of money after that or anything, but (laughs) yeah, I was monetized right away. I know people in the community that have over a thousand subscribers and have for like over a year and still not monetized. I don't know what I did right. It's a four, I think it's a a watch time thing. I know it'll be that for me. (laughs) So Jacob, uh, I haven't asked you, how are you doing, man? You doing good? I'm doing good great great yeah that's that's i'm doing good yeah working on my show working on figuring that whole thing out and making it the best it can be trying to figure call it almost awesome oh yeah it's almost it'll always be almost awesome (laughs) (laughs) it'll never fully be awesome but it's almost there i'm gonna create a show that goes half full because i'm always half full of my bs no shush (laughs) if you're doing if you call if you have a show called anything it has to be the pleasure emporium yeah right right all right um but rob i don't know if you're aware but like the last three episodes we talked about um are the howling man uh eye of the beholder and nick of time so it's been like one like crazy uh episode after another and somehow these yahoos got me to put eye of the beholder at number one i I don't know how they did it but (laughs) magic well what are you while we're while we're here while he had to bring it up where did you see that episode, Rob, by chance? Yeah. I what, do, you, do you think, uh, where would you have put it? Where would you have stood if you were, if this was last week and you were there? Well, it's funny because you... Nick messaged me and asked me the question. He was like, what would you do? And I said, well, they're, they're both good episodes. But I said, I think I'd put Eye of the Beholder above Monsters Are Doom just because some of the visuals in it, I think, to me, put it over the top. But And he was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I watched the episode and I was like, did you ask me that during or was it after? <laughs> no, yeah, I was, I was actually editing. I actually asked a couple yeah. people. I'm like, what would you do? And um, why would you ask me that question? I'm like, just answer the question. Just do it. <laughs> Goddamn question. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so today we are talking, like I said, another classic episode. It, of course, is season two, episode seven. Uh, which is, of course, Nick of Time. Uh, this is directed by Richard Albert, written by Richard Matheson. Production code 173-3643. Premiered uh, air date uh, November 18th, 1960. This is a uh, pretty well-known episode. It, of course, is an episode that stars uh, one of two episodes of William Shatner, who, of course, you know, is Spock, of course. Um, it also nope. stars mm-hmm. Patricia Breslin, uh, mm-hmm. Stafford Rev. I say I what I bones. said. No, just... I think he's Bones, isn't he? Bones. He's actually <laughs> Scotty. Or no, he's he's just one of he's these Kurt. one of the red shirt guys, right, Rob? Yeah, I think yeah, he's, he's in that Discovery he's... series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something he's about deep bastards. Space. I think he shows deep up in deep, space. deep Space Nine. Yeah, Janeway yeah. is that his name on the show? Jesus, <laughs> he's in that other Star Trek. You know the one with the Skywalker guy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's in the TARDIS. Uh, while we're doing this, know. let's just stoke the fire all the way. <laughs> Binks um, is that his last name? <laughs> <laughs> James T Bone uh, Kirk, exactly. James Tidial Theater Kirk. Uh, also stars Guy Wilkerson. Jimmy Boy. Kirk. When did uh, when did um, when did Star Trek originally air? I think it was after this, wasn't 65? it? Sixty five, sixty five or sixty six? Was it? Was that what it was? Because he because he. Right, I think it's 65 66. Is it wasn't it 66 to 69 or something like that? That's what she said. 
Nah, 66. Yeah, that's what I was the 69. Yeah, because it ran the ah, same as Batman. Me, I know something. I'm assuming that this episode. I'm assuming that this episode in the nightmare, ten thousand is it ten thousand feet or thirty thousand feet, or the reason he got possibly got Star Trek because you know this is they're both CBS shows uh, through mm-hmm. Paramount and stuff like that. So I'm guessing helped. in Roddenberry, I'm, I think I, I want to say I've heard that Roddenberry and Sterling were know, kind of friends. They hung out. Yeah. yeah. Can you like, imagine this was? Shatner wasn't in the pilot of Star Trek, so he was like, yeah, it was. Oh, oh, yeah. He was the the pilot was oh shit what's his name several the, years ago uh, it wasn't Kurt, Kurt, Pike Pike yeah Captain yeah. Pike because mm-hmm. he came back for the the movie well not that same actor but yeah it was Pike and Spock yeah. acted all weird he had emotions weird pilot mm-hmm. yeah it was a, it was quite a bit different actually um also this is the first Twilight Zone episode to feature future Star Trek regular in this case William Shatner but James Doohan uh Leonard Nimoy and George Takei later all had guest star or guest roles in Twilight Zone but none but of them in the together. same episode well, I knew exactly. I knew uh George Takei did, or did but I didn't know the other two mm-hmm. I didn't know Leonard Nimoy did I knew the other ones did but I don't remember mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy was he a star I... in one of the show or episodes was he just kind of well, I think he just, I think when they say st- uh, guest appearance, I think they mean like oh, yeah. they were, you know, since it's an anthology, everybody kind of guest stars besides Rod Serling. It was an excellent Funko Pop that uh, Rod ha- Rob has. Oh, he was in Quality awesome. of Mercy in uh, <laughs> <Damn> it. <laughs> season three. Um, so anyways, um, while Rob, uh, you know, shows us his, his Funko Pops every five five seconds or so. I'm, I'm expecting you that. This episode is very, I wouldn't call it like the most, um, it's not like last week's episode. This one's more traditional Twilight Zone. But um, Rob, I know you've seen this before, so you know kind of the premise. Um, I know we've all seen this episode because it's very famous, but do you guys remember kind of this episode at all or like you know like eye of the beholder or do you uh lean towards like you know for instance jacob do you lean towards like not remembering this as much or is this one of those that you just kind of remember just from the fact of how famous it is i didn't remember it based on the name the name was mm. the nick of time you know you heard you hear that in a lot of different mediums but it's um, as soon as i started watching it mm-hmm. yeah as soon as i started watching it i uh i was like i remember this one i didn't remember every single beat of everything that was going to happen, but I remember the basic setup and how it went down. Well, I, I was pretty sure I was like, I think this is what happened. So yeah, I do remember this one actually. Not not to the degree that I remember the last week's. Last week's I remembered very well, mm-hmm. but I do right. I do remember it fairly well. Um, what about you, Rob? Same thing. Like when you were asking me about coming on for it, you said Nick of Time. I was like, I don't remember what episode is that. And then when I saw when I looked it up, and I was like, oh yeah yeah yeah, because I always wanted that little. Juke, no, looks like a jukebox from the fortune what, teller. The fortune teller, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, what did they call it in the show? The a mystic seer. A seer. Yeah, the mystic seer. Which apparently it made a. Uh, I guess I haven't seen the show, but the 2019 revival series. There's a shot of the mystic seer in a cafe, mm-hmm. like in the background. I don't think it was like a, a. From what I read about it, I don't think it was a, a main focus of the episode, but apparently there's something like in the background. Yeah, kind of an Easter egg. Actually, let me ask you, Rob. Uh, you you've written the Tower of Terror, right? Yeah. Do you, isn't it in the Tower of Terror? The Mystics here. I think maybe I'm wrong. I know the I know the doll, the living dolls in there. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I do feel like I've seen it like through the lobby or someplace in the waiting room. 
at least the the devil head somewhere. All yeah. I remember about that thing is you fall at the end. I wrote it almost 30 years ago. <laughs> I've never written it. Well, it's it definitely was Disney. Cool. I can promise you that. Yeah, we had this conversation. I swear to God, that thing was at Universal Studios. I no, swear it was when no. you first walked in Universal because I did both. I did Disney World and Universal on the same trip. I swear that was at Universal, but I guess I was wrong. That's, um, that's the power of Twilight Psycho Zone. Was oh, yeah, Universal. the Psycho House was at Universal. Man, no, this was a Twilight thing. Zone. It was a Twilight Zone one where you go up and then. See, this like is why you guys need to come down to Florida so we can do a. Is it still there? Oh yeah, it's not going anywhere until until they turn into Guardians of the Galaxy or some nonsense. Um, yeah. I'll say it ain't going nowhere because mm. real quick. Yeah, it's a gigantic two hundred foot. Thing. They tore down the uh, the sign though. The, when you're driving into yeah, I saw that Magic Kingdom. They tore nonsense. down the sign. Universal got rid of Jaws. They'll get rid of anything. Jaws. Right. Yes, they so did. Awesome. But to to be fair, the Harry Potter land's pretty awesome. So I gotta give them at least that much credit um how about you Triv? how about you in this episode do you remember you i'm assuming that you remember this episode pretty well oh yeah this is this is like hardcore like old rotation. school episode yeah yeah very much so well and i kind of went through a rewatch of uh star trek about the same mm-hmm. time that like i rediscovered twilight zone so like seeing this episode to see shatner not be spock i mean you know damn yeah you yeah. know mm-hmm um but i also like growing up i had a real affinity for like um metal toys and kind of like uh coin operated um banks and stuff and to have this thing kind of in that same vein of a of a kind of a coin operated thing was i wanted like like rob i wanted one of those as a kid how is there no funko how is there no we talked about this before rob how is there no funko of these types of things like the it's got to be licensing like either Well, and CBS owns them, right? Still, or Paramount? Yes, yeah, CBS. Paramount owns CBS. Paramount. And I know Does, Paramount has to have do... Funko of something. I was going to say, do they? What's something else is Paramount? I mean, they have Star Trek, Trek. Those, Nickelodeon stuff. They got. Uh, it's got to do something with the family, though. Uh, maybe like Anne Sterling has yeah. like you know the rights to it or something like that. Maybe there's something there. I, Merchandising I don't know. rights. Yeah, because there's never really been much. It's as bad as like Calvin and Hobbes, where there's never really been. A huge amount of Twilight Zone stuff. There's been books and stuff like that, but there's never been like the yeah. Funko stuff. Like it, I would love a Mystic Seer Funko. Like that would be really cool. You know, they have the least... side of that though. Since there isn't any, that makes it all the more special. Mm-hmm. So if any, if there ever is anything Twilight Zone, it's like fuck yeah. <laughs> or like like they're JC. He's like the leprechaun. He just pops up. <laughs> I'm a leprechaun. <laughs> um, but. I know you guys aren't football fans, um, but I just wanted to, I think I brought this up last week. Uh, Patricia Breslin plays the girlfriend of William Shatner's Don character. And she is married to, uh, or she was before she passed away. She was married to a guy named Art Modell, who is notoriously known for taking the Cleveland Browns to Baltimore. Um, I know you guys probably don't know any of this. You don't care about any of this. I'm just saying like for people out there who are interested, um, or, or she was married to billionaire Art Modell who owned the Browns who took him to Baltimore and I thought it was an interesting observation um, mm-hmm. but also really interesting is um, Richard Matheson who apparently I wrote Nightmare at 20,000 feet wanted her to play William Shatner's uh, wife in that episode which would have been kind of awesome if you think about it it didn't happen but 
the idea of just her coming back in like an alternate dimension reality for you know that that episode would have been kind of cool so it would have been really neat but to start out this episode uh it opens up in ridgeview ohio which i don't think is an actual city in ohio it's uh they call okay so in the okay of course you can trust wikipedia because wikipedia is like the ultimate source for everything uh but it says when it says when new it says when newlyweds don and pat carter uh basically their 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 vehicle breaks down um but they she says she actually doesn't say that they're she says she wants to get married so she asks, will i ever get married yeah it's so this of course wikipedia page isn't right or there there's a like a miss a mistake there but we have but to talk the, about first. No, she, can, she, to, can to we test, talk about the opening though? It says something about being on a honeymoon. So when, uh, okay, honeymoon so when, team? yeah. So when she asks that question, she's testing the mystic seer because they're also, okay. they also say that, that they're sense. going to Columbus when actually they're going, I think to New York, but yeah. it's in the opposite direction. Yeah. So when she raises that question, it's testing the mystic seer to see what oh. he'll say. That's what that is. I see, said the blind man. Actually, um, I know the opening narration doesn't come until a little bit after. Um, actually, is I don't think Rod Sterling actually shows up as a. Nope. Like, yeah, I think it's just his voice. But yeah, uh, Jacob, it's if you first want to go time and read in season the, two that he didn't show up. Right, right. But uh, yeah, go ahead and read the opening narration. The hand belongs to Mr. Don S. Carter, male member of a honeymoon team on route across the Ohio countryside to New York City. In one moment, they will be subjected to a gift most humans never receive in a lifetime for one penny they will be able to look into the future the time is now the place is a little diner in ridgeview ohio and what this young couple doesn't realize is that this town happens to lie on the outskirts of the twilight zone so i gotta ask you guys what is it you know from the three of us you know me triv and uh, rob what is it with horror films in the Midwest? Or is Midwest that boring that they have to make it scary yes. somehow? Because like Nightmare on Elm Street's in Ohio. Yes. Um, the craziest is in very, Iowa. I think it's also, because the directors and writers come from these places and that's why they're so creative because they have fuck all nothing to do out there. So they just sit there and think of great stories and then they get out of it and they write those stories. You know, you write what you know. You write where you know. Rob, as so, a, with that said, as a pretty talented writer, uh, is this true? Yeah. And for being from Kansas, <laughs> I think I, I think it's also a pretty traditional horror kind of element or horror um, base of a story. You know, people somebody traveling across country and they get stuck in some mysterious town somewhere for whatever supernatural reason. Yeah, you base it there, and it's scary because that could be where I live. And it's it it could either be people coming from these small towns wanting to escape. Or it could be from people from big cities who travel cross country and don't know much about small towns, but they are like, I don't want to, I would never want to get trapped in one of these places. And they're using that feeling as kind of the basis for a horror. But it's like, I mean, there's so many movies and TV show plots that use that same kind of traveling through. I think, uh, what's one? Was Children of the Corn like that? Yeah. Is that people like traveling through? Some yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nebraska. And then you've yeah. got uh, the stand kind of leads them through Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I think too that like you think about kind of the, the backwater, the backwaters and, and you don't know what's residing because, you know, big cities, you kind of got that too, but like everyone in the big cities is kind of a, 
a certain kind of person to go out to the country you've got like the chance of rednecks you got hillbillies you got like mm. whatever you want to call midwestern weirdos <laughs> away from is... modern conveniences and exactly they're, and not as, they're not as they're not as uh sophisticated you know i mean hell you can look at psycho psycho takes yeah. place in um where does psycho take place is it nevada or new mexico it was, or no, it's california it's, well it's down there in the desert right but it's still california i think because I, I had a trivia oh, question yeah. on this I'm pretty right? sure it's cali and no like rural, the other uh, couple weeks back. areas i think but yeah um, desert. yeah it takes place in a, a weirdo's place as we said <laughs> um, on the okay. of the twilight zone <laughs> signpost of a head um so i gotta ask you guys did anyone this episode is really good I'm not going to lie. I really like this episode. Actually, I think that I like this episode a little bit more than either Beholder, but that's just me. But Gasp. Um, it's just me. Did anyone, but Sour. I have to ask it. <laughs> I have to ask, so did anyone laugh when when William Shatner and his his girlfriend, wife or whatever, they're in the car as it was being towed? Yeah. Like, how legal <laughs> that's so that weird. <laughs> I thought that at first, when it first started, because it like, you see the back of the tow truck just like flip out of frame real quick. I thought it was like a goof. I thought it was like the the dolly or the the they were pulling because you know they do that in movies they they tow cars and they act like they're driving. I thought that's what it was. And I was like, oh, I saw that. Oh, never mind. Towing it. Maybe back in the day they just let people ride in there. Oh, I bet so. Well, that and the I'm car, a- like the the tow trucks weren't really all that big, so mm-hmm. like the cabs weren't necessarily. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were. I guess they would have been back then. Yeah, because that car was like a freaking mile long. Holy crap. Yeah, nowadays they'd say it was a, it was too dangerous or something. Yeah. Do that. You can't do anything fun anymore. <laughs> I know. Legally. Back in the day, we could like skin our knees and fall off bicycles and eat yeah. ice cream. Helmet. What's a helmet? Yeah, yeah. What's a helmet? Drink from a hose. Now. You can't do that anymore? No. Apparently not. <laughs> I, I did really enjoy Serling's yeah. calling uh, uh, William Shatner the male member of a honeymoon team. Like the way, obviously we've talked about this, but the way he writes is so interesting and I don't know, so random. Yeah, he it feels like he like has a dictionary or some kind of uh, some kind of thing like that next to him. He's just like, what's a good word today that I can look up? He just starts flipping through the book. Oh, male member. We'll put that in there. Just, and he just member. like flips through it and like puts his finger down on a few words and said, <laughs> all right, I'm going to work these into the opening and closing for this week. <laughs> um. I also enjoyed I mean, the the June prune honeymoon. June prune. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, a, uh, I'm mad enough the, to admit I have no idea what you're talking about. When they when they <laughs> go into the cafe, she's talking about. I'm assuming because they're stuck, she's having a June prune honeymoon, and I'm thinking that just means that like it's on hold or like they can't mm-hmm. do what they want to do because they kind of got sidetracked. Okay. I guess that one glazed over me, but yeah. I just I think I like this episode. I think I like this episode a lot just for the simple fact that it doesn't really have what you would call a twist. It's more of like a story about obsession and how obsession can take hold of you really easily if you think about or it. Super It's almost like you can yeah. get he gets the fever. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say actually, is it remind it, it makes me think about the episode The Fever, but somebody was like, I could write this better. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the fever, but better. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you look fever, at one one thing 10. about it. 
like it is that that level of obsession and some of the and we can talk about it when we get closer to that but some of the verbiage that goes down it does kind of talk it does kind of come off like a gambler trying to like go with lady luck and and try his odds and all that kind of stuff it has a similar theme and it's it feels like it was spoken from someone that went through it yeah as someone who is a gambling addict or has been a gambling addict i can tell you that what he goes through in this episode is very relatable (laughs) because um the idea of like you know going back and putting money on blackjack or uh roulette and you win and then you start losing you're like oh i can get my money back it's the same thing here it's like he's like oh we can we can we can find out our future and stuff like that and it doesn't go well and thank thank god he has someone who has a little bit of common sense on her sh- uh, shoulders or he'd be stuck at that machine for the rest of his life spending you know 16 billion pennies you know <laughs> trying to ask questions which it's been it, 20 dollars a year man it's <laughs> right <laughs> Which is like $150,000 in today's money, you know? (laughs) By the way, bacon, eggs, and hotcakes for only 70 cents. I like how the drink, he's like, oh yeah, you got this whole plate of food that was 80 cents. She got this, 85 cents. You got iced coffee, $1.80 or something. I was like, good God. It's like good (laughs) coffee. I mean, just going by the price of everything else, the coffee costs twice as much as the whole entire plate of food. It's because you had ice to it about the machine yeah exactly the the funny part about it is is like the guy the the owner of the restaurant which i love the name of the restaurant which is uh, or the cafe is called busy b i thought that was a kind of a, a fun little title but <laughs> it, i like how he he's like trying to get them to have like was it like fried chicken or something like that or uh, chicken fried steak yeah. right he would like the chicken fried steak better <laughs> i know he's like bashing his own <laughs> food like like uh, but this episode it's actually the first act is really long it's actually most of the episodes um but it's these this couple needs to wait about four hours to get a uh, fuel um fuel pump. what is it fuel re- fuel, pump. It fuel pump fuel yeah. pump thank you fuel pump they got to get from like dayton or something like that dayton ohio or something of that nature so they go into this restaurant to kind of hang out wait for you know the mechanic to come back you know and tell them the car is fixed and they find this mystic seer, which is a very famous thing from the Twilight Zone. You know, now, I mean, now it's very famous, but at the time, I'm sure it was like a pretty cool little contraption. And they put a penny in it. And from there, they start asking, they ask a question, they get an answer. I, I was actually, I couldn't keep up with the questions they were asking. So I missed questions that he was asking it. Yes, about his promotion. Promo- yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About- first promotion and like um uh if inter- anything interesting leave. happens in the small town stuff like that and at first it's just like an innocent question but it's at the moment when you guys were talking about it just a second ago with the whole did he get his promotion and i was like i was like you know this is where he's going to start getting his like addiction and stuff like that his obsession his superstitious and stuff like nature and he calls and it costs 75 cents which long distance yeah remember so, what you guys remember that when long distance calls calls for <laughs> <laughs> and there was well it, yeah it was like yeah <laughs> operator i just like how they're like if you want to continue this call it's actual operator going if you want to continue this call put 75 cents in. it's like how does the operator know he's putting 75 cents in? he could put like a couple nickels in and just be fine and oh uh, they knew in all in actuality the way that that works is uh it's tones when you uh back in the day oh. when you use a payphone when you drop something in, depending on what you dropped in, it would be like if you listen, you hear like a. 
it's like the tone tells the machine and the actual phone company what you just put in just like the tones of the uh, keys they ah. each tone is different that's how the phone company knows what you're dialing what if you put Actually, in a button if you put in a let button, me ask you this a Rob. button oh um you can do you can it has to be if you, you can put in a, a, a something that's, it has to be the exact same size there's other identifiers on there the machine knows it'll it'll spit it back out if it's not real some of, the earliest, some of the earliest hackers like recorded the sounds mm-hmm. that they would play yeah, you could put them up to the thing oh, like dude, a high that's quality cool. uh recorder yeah i was always fascinated by vending machines like you could put a dollar in there and it knew it was a dollar just by the like the weight and the markings on the dollar bill like how it measured it and stuff like that but i was actually going to ask you rob um is this like how Superman gets his suit when he goes into the phone booth? Like he presses a couple buttons and it knows to give him a suit. <laughs> He's already wearing it underneath. Yeah. Oh, he, he, well, does that give him like his power? He stores his suit. He just spins around and rips it off. And then <laughs> goes through he, suits like you wouldn't believe. He yeah. compresses his suit into a little thing that he puts in his belt. Oh, it's like and the then, flash. And then he spins around the earth backwards to bring the suit back together. <laughs> yep. because that is how time works. Yes. <laughs> to get the wrinkles up. He, gets, <laughs> he goes back to the office as Clark and it's just this wrinkled mess of a suit. Like, uh, wasn't, there, wasn't there an SNL sketch that did that joke where they like, he came into the the, it was like John Hammond. Yeah, he came into the, yeah, came into a wreck or something like that. Um, the rock played actually, Clark and he's like this giant guy that barely fits into a suit. And they're like, okay, Clark. <laughs> actually i didn't realize this till a, a few months ago but apparently like the the sequence where it goes backwards was reused in superman 2 was that true superman the director's cut N- no that was the original it's ending. for superman 2 it was the original ending to superman 2 yeah. but wow. they put it at superman 1 uh there's the whole superman yeah. 2 thing was a shit show after they but, fired donner yeah they because he was doing both of them at the same guy. time then they bring in oh, the Beatles gosh. guy, uh, the guy who directed uh, uh, Richard Lester uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not a bad director, but his vision, in my opinion, didn't didn't align with the Superman that we had had set up. And then he made well, Superman he, three. Well, he did bring in Terrence Stamp, you know, <laughs> no nuclear and Richard man. Pryor. <laughs> I tell you though that the um, process of making um, a robot, like the one the nurse chick that gets turned into a robot still one of, yeah. that was yeah. pretty frightening oh my god scared the shit out of me. me yeah same you mean robot? watch it now not so much yeah, but robot she robot. goes ah and then all of a sudden her face goes cold and yeah anyway that show that movie's something else yes it is topped only in badness by the quest for peace <laughs> oh. when i was little i always thought superman was somehow being transported into that container that would bubble red because mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand that it was like this <laughs> overheating liquid until I was an adult. And so I thought the red was like his cape. And I thought they were just transporting into him and melting him or something. That would have been cool too. It became frightening. <laughs> what do you guys think about this like first act? Because it really is a pretty simple thing where Don starts to literally go in, like uh, his obsession and his superstitious abilities of a, a human being like raises to... 11 if we're talking about like this is spinal tap it's like it's actually going past 11 he just like he just wants pennies after pennies after pennies he's asking this question like oh he basically Mm -hmm. asks about you know should they leave at one o'clock should they leave at two o'clock should they leave at three o'clock 
and i love how it never really fully explains it never says so i'm like what the answer is but you could tell that like the answers are like no 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 like they shouldn't even be leaving at three they should just stay there and we find out later why nan adams is trying to hit them um <laughs> oh, you beat me to it it's in my notes same uh, nan returns <laughs> i know right um but i gotta but i gotta ask you guys like the tension of the segment and i'll ask you first rob the tension of this of this portion before you know the act break happens like what do you think about it like what is your overall feelings on you know how it is handled you know richard matheson matheson's famous writer so he knows how to write tension but like what did you think overall i like the episode. i mean it's probably up there among some of my favorite episodes just because it's so simple and the tension of it is pretty well done and acted by um leaner nimoy is that his name? Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's no, Mark no, Hamill, no. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carl Urban. No, but I, th- I think it's pretty well done. I mean, I can see where, where you were talking about where he becomes obsessed like pretty quickly, like e- extremely obsessed. But I think they set it up enough to where at first he's kind of like, oh, there might be something there. And then when the promotion and he like gets a promotion and he sees there's maybe some link here. And I know the the girlfriend that's with him is trying to tell him like you could go to any other one because every table has the same machine in it. Yeah, yeah. And so she's trying to be like the the level headedness of it. I was gonna say that's the funny thing about the obsession in general is like you, it, like you said, it could be any one of those things, but you have to go that one because you're afraid if you go to the other ones, it'll be like mm-hmm. disappointing or it'll give you like really bad luck or something like that. But yeah. It, and eventually me, he me... does try to explain I, I understood what he was trying to explain and that's second half but like mm. he tries to explain why it has to be that one because it's it's specifically random answers for him kind of a thing about his future let me ask you this uh, uh, jacob let me you you always talk about how like there's always like a, a balancing act when it comes to these episodes you know the first act mm-hmm. can be really stupid and like you know third from the sun and the last act can be really good did you feel that this was a good balance or do you feel like there was problems like because i know you're the one that comes in you know not not in like a negative sense but you come in like the most like when you actually bring up good points and critical points on stuff like this and i'm curious like you know what you thought overall uh with this first act and everything that's going on up to because like i said it's 14 minutes in before the first act ends but what did you think on a storytelling type of aspect i thought it was well balanced i didn't think this was a top or bottom heavy episode i like the how it showed the obsession um and it showed it in i mean of course everything's compressed it's 24 minutes but it showed it in a believable way and i also liked how the thing i like the most about the episode there's you it sets it up to make you think that there's something supernatural going on or something otherworldly and it's not by the time we get to the end not to ruin it it's just there's it's there's nothing supernatural about it it's just obsession it's just all about this guy's obsession and how he wants to see things it shows that we can see things we're going to see what we want to see if you've if you want to see something it's going to be there you go looking for something you're going to find it it's just like people with their horoscopes they're always like they read their horoscope and they're like this is describing me exactly i was like that's describing everybody what are you talking <laughs> about that's it's it's yeah, done in such that- a vague term in such a vague way that anybody could say oh yeah that's that's me that's exactly what i'm doing it's like today you will you know the witness dark a glorious stranger. new day it's like no shit you do every day the heavens you know and 
I really liked how it did that. And at first I wasn't, cause I couldn't remember. I was pretty sure that's what, what happened. I was like, I don't think, I think it's just all about this guy like freaking out and then we end up in, it's not that. And, uh, but as you watch it, you start to see that like, it, yeah, it's just this, this guy. I, I like how it naturally flowed into that. You kind of saw him start losing it and you start picking up on, yeah, everything it's spitting out. Sure, it lines up with what he's asking, but it really but they're so that basic. Answer the, would, yeah, it would line up yeah. with any question. It's magic eight ball stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I really like that. And I didn't think it was. I think it had a, a nice steady flow to, to set everything up, and then it you know it hit us with our you know making you think that there was something otherworldly going on, and then you know he goes outside. I didn't think it was the biggest episode in the world. Like it wasn't like this big bombastic thing, and there wasn't this big oh my god shocker thing that happened. I just thought it was a really neat kind of character study of hey this could have look this simple thing right here it could happen to anybody that's pretty cool it's, um it, it's like uh uh um, what's his face the guy um what's his name dave Chappelle when he's doing the the guy who's on who's like um a coke addict he's like i need some more of that oh. mystics here he's like scratching <laughs> he keeps doing that um and i really liked um how uh, Chris Pine's performance was really good in this. It wasn't like I know, right? <laughs> wasn't using his mannerisms he, that he's known for. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, that wasn't Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Not in this one. Oh, That's his dad. Man. It was Zach Quinto. Zach Quinto. Um, I, I would a, I would also add. Um, it was like one of the things that they kind of did on the side, and I, I mean, they didn't. It wasn't just a real. It wasn't like crazy settle, but it was all. It was a tad settle. He had the. Um, rabbit's foot with the four-leaf clover attached to it and did the bread and yeah. butter thing to kind of show the superstition aspect from right away the, the start of the, the the episode which i i thought was pretty cool um and talking obsessive obsession um and it's a second part of the episode thing but i'm going to bring it up now just because i i think it shows that obsession does sit on this but it's just as much a matter of perspective mm-hmm. like you can look at what's being said because there's a question that she that um his wife or his his the lady that's with him she says something yeah yeah she's she asks if he's just a stupid machine and it says it depends on your point of view and so it's that perspective of you know he sees it as like this crazy thing and you know the thing that comes at the end describes it as this crazy thing but she sees it as at least at that point she sees it as just a stupid machine it's clever because they the way they wrote that is even with that answer it makes you wonder if if it is just yeah. a stupid machine or if it was answering her in a way that hooks the husband a little more exactly and at that point it totally did yeah the the real question is are these machines hooked up to the wall is the is the guy who runs the diner just like does he have people in the background that are just like like with the fortune telling cookies or something like that he just has someone back there making up things and you know and listening through the wall you know like roger rabbit or something like that and just you totally should uh, every time they put a penny in here, here's a card you know that type of thing but <laughs> he just I, shuffles the cards and puts them back in whenever exactly. they leave i did have yeah. to laugh like how, how i'm surprised that they didn't run out of fortunes because like but they pull out at the end and the table is just covered in fortunes also i don't know if you noticed but the when they were st- before he got like deep into it, I think it was right when he was about to get deep into it. I can't remember what the question he asked was. He said, he's all like, let's ask it another question. And he p- pops a penny in and then they talk for a minute and then they come up with what to ask it. I can't remember what the question was. 
but he asked something and he pops another penny in it. So that machine owes still to this day owes him another fortune because he paid twice. <sighs> Just saying. Wouldn't you say his fortune was getting the hell out of Dodge? Like that was the best fortune he could have had. It was he was fortunate to get the mm. hell out of Dodge. Yeah. See, instead of giving him a fortune, he told him to get on a plane because there'll be uh, something waiting for him. You know. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go by the fact that he's in danger by getting on that plane, had um, Pat Breslin been the person like his wife on there, that could have been like the un, un, like the sequel that no one knew was a sequel. The, the problem is he didn't watch the Twilight Zone episode 22, which is about a woman who uh, sees herself in a morgue. And it's really about a plane explosion. So he just he's not he's not planning these things out he obviously didn't watch Damn. the fever he obviously you know didn't watch uh you know the hitchhiker this guy is just not prepared no. you know this is what happens when you when you run the tardis you know you can't you're just not prepared <laughs> this is what happens when you don't subscribe to paramount plus exactly know, right? that too <laughs> do you think that um, um nan adams was uh was uh jealous of carl urban because uh the fact that she came out of nowhere and struck them in a very or tried to strike them in a very overly dramatic very slow way i, think I don't she think just... she was trying i think nan was just reminding us that she's there she's like oh, yeah okay. i took she's some time, out, early, I took some time off yeah. <laughs> took some time off now i'm gonna come over here and i'm gonna just do a little side swipe because nan doesn't try there is no try with nan there's only do but she came in she tried to side swipe kate mulgrew and <laughs> and off she went she's just reminding us that she's there I tell you, you know, I was really worried about Zoe Sultana and or Zoe Zoe Sartana and um and Pat Breslin. At, you know that I was really worried about them. When you have an episode that's directed by uh, James Cameron, I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> oh man, you always get. It's going. You know, always so, bank on a great performance out of Scott Bakula. So. <laughs> <laughs> they decide to leave. Finally, leave the um, Busy Bee Cafe at three p.m. And uh, Jacob's favorite scene in this movie is, of course, what is it, Jacob? Uh, when Nan Adams, she comes and tries to sideswipe uh, yeah. Kate Melbourne. Yeah. I, I, love, I love when they almost get hit in these uh, episodes because it's like, don't they speed up the film? It's like quick, like yes, quick it's, motion. It's, it's like, amazing. But did they even do that in this one? Like when Michelle Nichols come, like almost gets hit by nan adams i feel like that it just like it takes forever they're like ah there's a car it's kind of like austin powers with the with the steamroller steam <laughs> yeah it's like they're standing oh. there for like 15 minutes and then finally it comes did, did it so, speed up because they do that a lot in this show where it'll speed up um whenever a car is coming did they let's see um we haven't had a lexicon word for a while i know for a while when they're eating the food they said they'll bear up because it's not the greatest food. I don't know if that is a good lexicon word or not. I sure. thought I mean, June, they said stop treating me like a retarded child, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, that is of the era, no June, doubt. June yes. If nothing else, it's got a nice play on words. I'm, I'm looking to see if they sped up the part with the car. And is there oh, Benny Hill music? The funny. Wah, 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 wah. When I Google uh, June, yeah, they June did. Honeymoon. It's not as extreme as it is in a lot of things you see but they do speed it up for just a second it's not but they tried to mask it it's like only like like they go to running i think they wanted them to go a little bit faster so they're like it's only when they're running and it's only like real quick and then that's it 
Oh, I was just saying, when I Googled June prune honeymoon, the first thing that came up was a blog talking about this episode. <laughs> so maybe this is the only thing that it's from. That's funny. Um, the only thing it needs to be from. What was it? What did you say? We're going to bear it? Uh, yeah, they'll bear it up. Bear it up. Bear it up. I, I'm bear guessing it. grin and bear it, maybe, is what they're going for. June prune. Might as well reflect. Let's put both of We haven't had one in a while. Because, I mean, we can just use these sayings however we want anyway. Nobody will know what we're talking about anyway. Evil laugh. <laughs> I'm going to slice off a nice bit of cabbage. <laughs> I don't even remember what that's from. <laughs> that's the last one on here. As long as you're not crying buckets. Oh, yeah, it was around the gleep. Because right above that is he's a gleep. That was yep. the one with the man nervous room, $4 room. Yeah. You got the short oh. end of the stick. Dirty end of the stick. Dirty end of the stick. Dirty end of the stick. Yeah. Um, but anyways, with that said, they go back into the Busy Bee Cafe, and that's the end of the first act. And um, I've already kind of asked this question, but you know, 14 <laughs> minutes in, we're almost done with the episode. Uh, I'm guessing you guys are all on board. Think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm dropping my pennies in the Mystic Seer. I mean, in the words of Men on Film, hated it. No, I did. I liked it. <laughs> Nobody else got that joke, but that, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> so you were really dating like, myself uh... now. <laughs> Too late. When you showed the 3DO, you kind of dated yourself. Yeah, and I said that I. You didn't just date yourself. <laughs> you took yourself out to a fancy dinner, went back to a fancy motel, got busy for like all night, and then like left the next morning and didn't leave a tip. Wow. I said, Man, I remember having a, Atari 2600 <laughs> when it was still being sold. I dated myself. <laughs> <laughs> but with that said, they're they're back. The pretty much the rest of the episode, they're back uh, in the second act. They're back in the the busy bee cafe. Uh, his his wife or girlfriend or whatever finally gets into the gets wife. into the uh, addiction of the seer. Starts asking a bunch of questions, but then she's like, "I want to marry you. I want to keep marrying you." Will we ever reach Columbus? I'm like, why would you want to go to Columbus? Oh, yeah, because the Buckeyes are amazing. Um, right. Bullshit. <laughs> Was this the part uh, after they get, after they almost get hit by Nan, they go back in and there's somebody sitting at the table or was that later? Yeah. yeah, they're two yeah. old ladies. And he's he's looking at them like, yeah. Was it two or was it one? I don't know. It was like no, said that milkshake. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So their milkshake like... brought, see, their milkshake brought Zach Quinto to the to the cafe and he's yeah. like yeah <laughs> no Zach Quinto doesn't he didn't flow that way but um it, no he he walked in he's looking at that old bitch he sits down he's mad he's like bitch I'll take the fucking milkshake and shove it up your ass if you don't get the hell up <laughs> kinky <laughs> you're sitting in my seat <laughs> I drink your milkshake I up, drink yeah. it up <laughs> <laughs> she said seat's like, taken <laughs> stalking them from the bar he's yeah. like he is like he is like <laughs> a bag a bag with dollar sign and i was like <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of a sudden like, like hungry eyes kicks in and, and it does like a slow zoom in on the mystic seer and then uh, mr in his eye uh, and on him and everything else and yeah, yeah. but and w- when the old ladies finally skedaddle they finally go over to the thing and like there's food on the table and the 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 thing that cracks me up is does this guy is this guy like uh, the guy that runs the restaurant or the cafe? Has, has he gotten so used to just seeing people like 
get obsessed over these machines because as we see in the end something happens but with another couple but like is he just like know that the, these machines make a lot of money so he's like hey if i if i can put these people in a sane asylum but or you know have them live here you know they'll they'll keep spending and giving me lots and lots of money you know is he is he is he a, like um what's that word called grifter <laughs> no, no well a grifter too but it's um when you are uh, enabler is mm. he an enabler is this Quite possibly is this cafe guy an enabler for the obsessed or giving them 10 pennies he's yeah, a businessman exactly. Exactly. It's an entrepreneur. Yeah, he's, he's just bringing I mean, business it's, it's, to the town. Yeah, it's Keeping glorified gambling. There. Plus, he wants to, you know, push his chicken fried steaks. Eventually, <laughs> someone will eat a like chicken, chicken fried steak. Yes. So he, so NFTs. He's pushing NFTs and Basically. microtransactions and loot boxes, all that good stuff. Basically. And yeah. in, in, funny enough, in the restaurant industry, chicken fried steak, we do or we did when I was in it. Uh, we use the abbreviation CFTs. Oh my god! <laughs> kind of like NFTs. <laughs> I always enjoyed it when there was chicken fried chicken. CFC. Yes, I always <laughs> found that funny. It's like, how do you chicken fry? Yeah, it's chicken? dumb as hell. It's dumb as hell. Chicken fried chicken. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, she. I, I love Patricia Breslin in this episode because she has to play the straight person. She can't play like you know the woman from last week's episode or you know most of the 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 you know she can't play crazy she has to play someone who has to like keep this guy under control and check and i think that it's what saves don's character in the end is having the normalcy of an actual normal woman you know help him you know there's not in the twilight zone there's not a lot of whatever called normal women most of them are dealing with some traumatic i didn't say you I know. I'm a kidding. lot of like, the strong women in the Twilight Zone are assholes. I know. <laughs> yeah. They're portrayed that way. I mean, I guess. And if they're not, they're time. like, they're going insane. Like 22 is yeah. about a like 22 in the the after hours. I mean, Rob, you can attest to this too. They're like. I'm fully the, aware. I know. I know. And then there's Triv. Who? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm I'm the craziest bitch of all of them. I'm fully I'm the, fully on board. The lady that. who kept seeing her doppelganger. That one too. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, it was kind of nice. I will say it was kind of nice to see a man like just freak the shit out in a, in a '60s show because most of the time, like like women, you're on your period or you're just a fucking insane bitch. You know, go to your corner. Him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they usually for yeah she never did the whole ah, 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 and they have to go stop it stop it <laughs> but it's like hey, I'm doing you a favor because you know that that's how you that's how you deal with trauma you know you just bitch keep them in line somebody. man oh yeah to ask the, the real straight question um annie wilkes as don i mean what do you think of how <laughs> how, how he does like, <laughs> All she, needs, all she needs is a, a mallet. We've gone off the rails here. <laughs> oh, hey, David Ten Inch. Da- David Ten Inch as the as the as the cafe owner. Man, he was great. <laughs> no, but in, in all honesty, Don't how blink. what do you guys think of William Shatner like in this episode? Do you think he's good or do you think who? Michael you know, Burnham. <laughs> yeah, Michael Burnham. <laughs> random, I enjoyed his hair. Random red shirt guy. I enjoy this hair piece. <laughs> it works really well. <laughs> I thought he was great. <laughs> what do you guys think of Tim Allen in this episode? <laughs> Man, he took this material to infinity and beyond. Oh my God. Chris Evans was spectacular. 
Have mercy. But no, seriously, like back on topic. Uh, what do you guys think of William Shatner in this episode? I think he did a good job. Like, uh, I think he's very convincing as somebody who's kind of slowly losing their mind over obsession. That's how he Almost did. That's how he had the guy fever. It was honestly the best Michael Dorn episode or uh, performance I've seen this far. As... Oh man. <laughs> No, I thought you know, he did a really good job. He, and, I, I thought what I liked about him is he, it seemed like because if you listen to him now, he his inflection on everything is very Captain Kirk. It's like he just went all in on the whole Captain whatever he came up with and became Kirk. He just that's his life now. But like in this, he wasn't he wasn't doing that thing, you know. And it, yeah, he sounded he normal actually, normal. a little normal. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So you know, outside of Tasha Yar's death, I will say it was it was a well put together episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know it uh yeah I, I think that all involved like it was it was handled with a level of control that you don't always see in a twilight zone episode like no one like you saw him slowly going insane but it was done with a measure of of control so you know it was it was inside his head and you could see what was going on but it's not like he had like the the extreme outburst that some episodes do kind of aim for yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Oh, I, I, I like, like I said earlier, I like how it was one of those episodes where, because when you go into the Twilight Zone, you kind of expect something maybe a little mystical, something a little, it's not always supernatural or even science fiction, but there's always like something that's just a little off center. And uh, you're always looking for that thing. It could be angelic, it could be supernatural. You just don't know. And this one, it was none of that. It was all us. It shows how we as human beings can. <clears throat> manifest things ourselves we can we can make these things happen when nothing's really happening at all and i think we've or i know i've experienced people do maybe not to this effect so much but that themselves take a situation and just escalate it's like you you watch somebody have a conversation with themselves they start mm-hmm. here and then they're like what this and well, what is that but it could be what is this and you're like am i even a part of this you went from here to here all by yourself and mm-hmm. now you know assassins are trying to kill you i mean you it's, <laughs> it's that kind of situation we've well i've known quite a few people to do that and I, it was really cool to see them do that in a, a fairly natural way well, like you can see, nothing out of the there was nothing unbelievable about this episode and you could see the gears turning as it went along you know especially mm-hmm. when he got into will we live in the east you know and, and will we live in the west and you didn't you didn't have to read off what was on the on the fortunes you could see it on his face as to he got a, you know, ask question later or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, you know, future is unclear, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It plays into those pe- people. Look- I think it also plays into human beings wanting answers Yeah, to things that we can't always have answers to. I mean, you can, we can go a lot of places with that, but there's a lot of things that human beings will subscribe to. And, and, and uh, in my opinion, and just for, for that alone, just for answers, because they, they don't like just not knowing, or sometimes we just want answers quicker. And uh, if we think that we can get answers from this place, we'll keep going back to it like Wikipedia. And mm-hmm. those know. answers aren't always accurate. <laughs> yes. There's elements, like you were saying, too, that connect with the monsters who do on Maple Street with that kind of paranoia obsession mm-hmm. where it's just humans <laughs> creating this obsession themselves by yeah. them like talking mm-hmm. themselves yeah. into uh, that more is going on than sure exactly yeah. well, and sometimes like you know well, oh, no, no. do on maple street yes there were aliens that were there mm-hmm. observing 
but really that whole thing was just all them. It was just all mm-hmm. them, but uh, just starting, you know, get, making all this craziness happen in their head. It's just them. Yeah. And all Actually, it takes is that one thing, like the, say the mechanic coming in to tell them that the car was done because he, you know, found a fuel pump. It, all it takes is that one thing for them to go, holy shit, you know, it, it's confirmed. It's real. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Every, every single suspicion that I've had. And happening in promotion. And... Yeah. Oh, you got a 50, well, that's 50 the, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the funny thing about Richard Matheson in general is I, I go back to him a lot, but you look at stuff like uh he wrote What Dreams May Come, I Am Legend, um, what else did he write? Shrinking Man, uh Bid Time Return, which was somewhere in time. If you remember that movie with Ke- um Keanu Reeves, no, not really, uh, uh Christopher Reeves, uh Shrinking Man. <laughs> uh he actually wrote Stir of Echoes, which is interesting. Um they're all about obsession. They're all about people uh, obsessed with a particular. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> what, what's that? <laughs> the nail, the nail shot from Sterling. Oh, oh God. All yeah, I remember yeah. at the movie. <laughs> got a nail thing. Anyway, moving on. Um, oh, he did. I actually wrote a movie with Charles Bronson called Cold Sweat. That's interesting. Um, but anyways, those 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 stories are about obsession. You know, I am legends about him obsessing over finding a cure to you know deal with the 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 plague or whatever's going on in that movie. And same thing with like Echoes. he's obsessed mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, and what dreams may come is about his you know his obsession with trying to find his wife and stuff like that. And uh, in the afterlife, you know, it's it's just really interesting to watch really interesting to watch an episode like this oh he wrote duel duel's an obsession movie too that's I forgot about that duel, the steven spielberg, spielberg. Steven spielberg? Yeah. or spielberg yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what um, was i talk about with ridley scott <laughs> yeah the steven spielberg movie. <laughs> okay love that uh, no oh yeah duel. he did duel too he did a duel, duel like doing fencing movie or whatever uh, no that's a pistol movie never mind anyways i was um, thinking of that but, movie that just came out which obviously he didn't write that uh it's a really good oh, one. That what one. was the one? Uh, the duel. one with Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. The last, the last duel. The last duel. The last duel. Yeah. Matt Damon. Matt <laughs> Damon. Um. Or the one with Karen Gillan. I know you love that thing. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. Yes. Thor, Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oof. Um. But no. But like we'll kind of and like end out the episode um you know they finally the, the funny thing about like i was talking about earlier with his wife girlfriend whatever you want to call her is how she's like his rock his strong-willed ability to move past his obsession but then you see an older couple or a couple that's a lot older than these two come in and his wife has no backbone she's like honey let's put them let's put the money keep putting in there they keep getting stuff that they don't want and you know we eventually get our closing narration but it's just like it's the same thing it's like the obsession took over these people but these people were able to to you know deal with it and it's the same thing in life as we as you guys have talked about where you know for instance gambling once again you could go and play blackjack and there's that person who spent thousands of dollars and be obsessed and there's the person that has the will to leave and go away and not have to worry about it. And it's just, I love it shows the dichotomy and the kind of yin and yang of the problems of like, you know, 
the willingness of people and how it affects different people in different ways. And that's kind of where I saw the, the end of this episode concluding is you have a couple who just will ne- they're stuck there. They they're obsessed. They can't get out of it. And I, what do you guys think about that? Like as a kind of concluding piece to the episode, cause I thought it was really, really strong and really interesting to end out an episode that is mainly about a guy who's really obsessed with a, you know, a, a toy, basically, you know, mm-hmm. Zoltar machine mm-hmm. or whatever. So yeah. Not just there's the obsession part of it, and this I mean, I guess it ties into this too, but I think it also shows how people will allow these outside influences like that to control their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I've I've known people that pretty much I don't want to say it controls their life, but they let like horoscopes in the fucking newspaper dictate parts of their life and stuff like that, which is kind of it's this along those lines, you know, and that's idea. always fascinated me like really you you make life decisions based on this stuff and yeah i mean this is an extreme version of that but yeah i I think it's neat how people allow outside influences like that to control what they do when and and they can see they like i said earlier they see answers that aren't really there but they're looking for them so they find them well don't you think you could even compare that to i mean there's so many i mean there's horoscopes you could look at look at any conspiracy theory you know people seek validation for whatever conspiracy theory mm-hmm. they're they think oh crap there's this thing and holy shit you know it's it's really there it's kind of that same thing the one sure. question i was left with with this episode and i guess i it's a compelling ending it's super interesting but my question was the couple that came back were they did they leave in the same way as william shatner and pat breslin no, i think and then I they, don't think came, they were no, they wasn't or maybe, they've been there yeah <laughs> that lady looked real tired she wanted to yeah, they were broken they were completely broken <sighs> please let's i think maybe it was showing the contrast of having that support that solid support to pull you away from True. obsession versus yeah. somebody who will like enable your obsession I guess my brain went dark as to like they walked away and then shit happened to them and they're like oh my god the thing was right and then they come back and they go oh we have to live and die by this this you know no one's ever stolen it yeah Yeah. you really get in this shit you get uh you get uh carl urban coming after you hardcore and you're completely screwed in 3d he he comes after you and you become the chicken fried steak oh god the question chicken fried steak is people the question i have is why is it this one particular machine that everybody's drawn to like do you think the other machines are sad do you think that's why they 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 feel they feel sadness and loneliness and no one wants to play with them anymore just ran out of fortunes and he's got more of the tape on order it's like the one booth that has the air conditioning over it (laughs) (laughs) and so everybody sits in that booth well look at look at slot machines like there are those ones that always have people at them exactly but there are those ones that like draw you in because there's a specific thing about them and even though i mean if you had a, a gable type like divider behind you I mean, that's the the thing that will draw anybody, and that would make my panties wet. Just saying. It's. <laughs> it makes me think too of the uh, of things like you, Jacob. You'd mentioned horoscopes, and then there's the what do they call it? Numberology or something? I think mm-hmm. the number twenty three mm-hmm. movie with yeah. Jim Carrey was about the where you see like numbers, and you're like, oh, this number means this, and because you know, like knowing. you're just yeah, and you're just seeing 
patterns that maybe aren't there, but you're trying to make something out of it. It all leads back to answers. We want answers. Yeah. We want to know like, where do the answers come from? This is the place I can always get the answers. And, and there is so much in the world that does not have straightforward, clear, like the world is so incredibly gray, but we try yeah. and look at it to find like black and white answers because from the time that we're yay high, exactly, exactly. You know, the, from the time that we're yay high, we're taught, you know, one plus one is two, you know, big bang, all of that stuff. And yet you get into the world and it's like, there's so much that while there is a lot that's, black and white there is so much that's great and there's some shit that we just won't ever have a definitive answer to because either we weren't there nobody was there or it's just this lost time or whatever it is or you just don't know and people don't like that human beings do not like not knowing no we want to step on solid ground right the real question is do you think the do you think the the mystics here knows if large marge was there I don't know, but she knows that a uh, large march sent you. <laughs> large march. Tell large march. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the mystics scary? <laughs> you need to tie that, put that, put her in place of Dan Aykroyd from the uh, <laughs> Twilight Zone movie. Yeah. Actually, large march and Dan Aykroyd from the movie would be a, like a perfect road trip. It'd be like the perfect tour. They do it back, back and forth. He's like, Rah! she's like, <laughs> like <"Rah!" laughs> shit. I picked up the wrong one. You too? You too? You, this your thing too? Oh, God. Let's exchange numbers. <laughs> oh, man. That is like crazy, though. Like, uh, Albert Brooks is talking. Like, how did Albert Brooks, they seem like they're friends, but yet Albert Brooks has no idea that this guy is like a devil or whatever he is, a demon. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen, but I kind of love it for what it is. Dude, just for shits and giggles, you throw you toss John Candy in there from planes, trains, and automobiles, <laughs> and his lost. terrible luck. <laughs> but yeah, so to kind of close out the episode, like overall, you know, we talked about like what we like, but did you guys feel this this was a great episode? Do you feel it was an okay episode? Like overall, what is your kind of final thoughts on the episode before we do the closing narration? It's a fantastic episode. I mean, like we've talked about. I mean the 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 question of perspective, you know, being able to see past the the chintzy nature of this little metal box that tells fortunes that are super vague versus the seeing it and going, holy crap, this tells my future. And, you know, if I don't follow it, Nan Adams is going to kill my ass or attempt to kill my ass. I mean, you know, do you take your chance on Nan Adams or do you say, screw it, I'm going to live in the world? I thought it was a solid episode. I, I'm I, I was it was a very enjoyable episode. It was very solid. I really liked a lot of stuff about it. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna. Say, it was more than solid. It was a really really good episode. I'm not gonna sit here and say that I think it was like the greatest episode ever. I mean, it's a really really good episode though. I think it's the greatest episode ever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> no, uh, I go back to the comparisons with the fever, and I think what makes this mm-hmm. so much better. And, and like among the top episodes is that it has what makes twilight zone at its best like it's a really good example of that where it's there's these elements of supernatural without going overboard and you look at the fever which kind of has that same context of obsession but in the fever it's actually like this possessed 
slot machine that talks to him and all that kind of stuff and then just like in his in his hotel room and but uh this one you don't go that far into the supernatural it's more implied and i think that having that implied sense of something going on where you don't know if it is or not and then having just the better script and the acting um is what really makes this episode like very memorable Franklin. Mm-hmm. not as much as mr phoebus but <laughs> I know, I know where I'd put it, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I promise. Um, right. I think this is a great episode. I think this is, to me, one of those episodes that perfectly embodies what Twilight Zone is. Um, is it the greatest episode ever? No. Um, that of course is Sixty Millimeter Shrine. Thank um, you. No, not really. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. People, don't 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 quote me on that. I'm clipping Twilight it right Zone, now. Nick said, clipping it right now. But, putting it on the back of a T-shirt. <laughs> Sending it to you. The fifth dimension, Nick actually said the 16 millimeter shrine was good. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it, it's an episode that I really feel feel that it does a lot with little. It's not what you would call the most like heavy, you know, as Jacob said, heavy produced episode. It's just a couple people in a shop or in a cafe reading answers from a a big silver box with a demon head on it which i love like i said the 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 idea that 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 you know character the demon head with the the box and the questions and stuff like that uh is really cool i think it's really a well done very uh cool little device that you can tell is very 60s but it has a really cool kind of sentiment that would be a cool collector's item so with that said closing narration let's go ahead and do that counterbalance in the little town of ridgeview ohio Two people permanently enslaved by the tyranny of fear and superstition facing the future with a kind of helpless dread. Two others facing the future with confidence, having escaped one of the darker places of the Twilight Zone. Short and sweet, not like Eye of the Beholder, which is like 65 paragraphs long or something like that. Anyways, so that is uh, Nick of Time. That is the first of two episodes that William Shatner will be starring in. And um, yeah, it was uh, pretty successful for, you know, once again, this is an episode that's on rotation in January when, you know, uh, in, in January when um, <laughs> uh, when uh, New Year's Day happens or whenever they do Twilight Zone episodes <laughs> and stuff like that. But um, we'll go ahead and head to the last segment, which, of course, is the Twilight Zone ranking list, uh, the greatest list ever. Uh, the probably the, the greatest thing you've ever seen since uh Janeway was in, of course, the, the you know, nick of time, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, where do we want to put this episode? Uh, we'll just start at number what is halfway through 42 21. <laughs> just start with execution. I was gonna say, I'm gonna put it right at like 40 42, right above the fever, since it's slightly better than the fever. Kidding, now we're just talking about semantics. Your face is semantics. Is this, <laughs> a, well, is this a top was, 10 episode? I was going to say six. I was going to say, I mean, I could see that. Above Nightmare as a Child or below it? Above. Only reason being is because I would rather watch this than Nightmare as a Child. But I don't know if I ever want to watch Nightmare as a Child again. <laughs> Rob, have you but, ever seen Nightmare as a Child? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know what, like what they're trying to do in that episode, how dark that episode gets. It's pretty dark, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was like, <laughs> it is literally dark episode. too. Yeah. It's got a lot to say. It's very important, but honestly, and that's where because I, I was going down the list, and I was like, all right, right here, this is where I'm at. Do I have to put it under a nightmare or above? And I was like, as I always ask myself, which one would I want to watch again first? This one. 
Nightmare as a Child is it's a, it's a really meaningful episode, but I, I don't have any desire to really go down that road again. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think it would be somewhere around there. I really like The Howling Man, and I think... Thank you, Rob. Personally, likes it. I think personally I like The Howling Man more than this, but I think this may well, be... I thought it was above that. A, oh, a no, better it's not, episode. No, yeah, Howling Man's at number eight. So I, I think I would set this probably somewhere around the Howling Man. Okay, let me ask you probably this: Is a Nick of Time a child, was a Nick of Time better than the episode that uh, season finale of Twilight Zone for season one with the World of His Own, which is the one where he oh. writes Rod Sterling out? See, yeah, I guess I should ask: Does that does the World of His Own? It's definitely better than Time Enough at Last. Well, so yeah. I don't think it should go lower or uh, lower on the list than number nine or number. Yeah, uh, me part. I mean, it's 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 committee and all, but I I wouldn't put it under. I would be happy with nine. I wouldn't go below nine because it's definitely better than that one and definitely better than. Which has the more impactful story, the Howling Man or Nick of Time? I think Howling Man in scale. Howling Man is mm. is quite a lot. Bigger. Which one's more meaningful, though? I guess it really depends on how you feel about certain things as to which one's more meaningful. Yeah. So the real question is, and is this pleasure. number seven or number eight? for for, Or is it above number six? Is it above Nightmare as a Child? It depends on how you feel about this episode compared to those three. And, on, um, and to go back to what I said about that, I think that Nightmare as a Child has more impactful, meaningful things to say than this episode. I mean, kind of. This one has a lot to say. I think what it's saying is important. I think Nightmare as a Child is an important message. I just don't want to watch that episode again because I don't like when we talk about... It's like Schindler's List. It's like my favorite movie of all time, but I don't really want to watch that movie ever. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough watch. I love that movie and I watch it every couple of years, but yeah, that's a tough watch too. Dude, know, that's like me and Troll after. 2. I like that movie it. like once and then I never need to see it again. If there's a reason so, for that. Man, there's more <laughs> there's to, other reasons behind that. If she just compared like, oh my God, to oh people getting God. killed in the Holocaust. Basically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are the yeah. comparisons? Children. I'm actually not a fan. Hey, people get turned into Testament. trees. Really? Yeah. And the NMs uses like detonation and stuff like that. <laughs> purple. I, a lot of Purple Testament was the performances. Yeah. I thought it was, a, it was the story, the basic story on paper. I thought it was it was interesting. It was good, but that was a lot of that. I remember us talking about the performances were very different than what we had gotten from the Twilight Zone thus far. They were. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess we're looking at between number six and number nine. nine. What do you What do you guys think? Uh, I'm fine with that area right there, somewhere around there. Is this like better? The sixty nine area. Is this better than um, <laughs> a world of his own? Yes. No. Yeah. Wait. Which was a world of his own? That's, That's the last one where he like makes uh, Rod Sterling like it breaks the fourth wall. Ooh, I like that one. The one the the first season finale, the one where he's like writing the elephant. Yeah. I did like that. That's a good episode. I think I there's know. more I mean, to this one. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This one has more to say about uh, mm. people and and um, society for sure. That was just a fun episode. Yeah, that yeah. was nice. Um, now, real question is: Do you think this should go above or below Nightmares of a Child? Because I'm like good either way. It. I'm good either way. I, I fully understand. Yeah. Just like when we talked about it, that Nightmares of a Child has a. I'm not gonna say more to say. It just has a more um, important topic especially for the time and it, its relevance is probably more because it's talking about things that they're difficult to talk about now. Right. 
and it's and it does it's, kind of go into it i mean they mask it a little bit but it's it's pretty in your face it took balls to talk about it back then yeah so i think that's a, probably a more impactful important so it doesn't change the fact that i want to watch this over it but that yeah, that only nice. works to a degree because i think that like that episode is more important i'm good so, with- numbers number seven new number seven above a world of his own flow nightmares a child what about the Howling Man? I thought you I thought you guys said you liked Howling Man more than this. I think this has more to say than the Howling Man. I think the Howling Man is just one of my personal. I like yes. the Howling Man more personally, but I think this is a better episode. Yeah. Like yeah. if I were to subjectively. I mean, we're we're splitting hairs over top ten spots, so <laughs> they're both. All these episodes are great really good great episodes so jacob will as be happy as, as long as perchance to dream gets further down the list yeah, nothing will ever be under perchance to dream everything will be above whatever number perchance to dream is <laughs> it's, it's got to be really bad to go into that one. except for yeah. except for the invaders that's going below oh number one, number one eight episodes to go well like i said who knows might i haven't seen that episode in years i've always attested that's my favorite episode for like 30 years now I'm going to watch it and I'll be like, mm, oh, didn't do it for me. Didn't See, like so it. if you guys are doing no, that, I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to campaign for a most unusual camera to be the new number one. Well, we'll, we'll see what Dan thinks about that one. If he comes on, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you'll enjoy that episode. Oh also. yeah. Such a fun episode. Yeah. So weird. Oh, yes, it is. Um, okay. So with that said, new, uh, number one is still either the holder. Number 43 is The Fever. And of course, new number uh, seven is Nick of Time. Um, next episode is, of course, The Lateness of the Hour, which actually is not a bad episode. I don't I don't think it's like the greatest episode in the world, but it has an interesting ending to it. Uh, Rob, have you seen it? You remember it at all? Not off the top of my head. I don't. I probably okay. have watched it. I've watched about half of season two not mm-hmm. too long ago, but. Um, yeah, it's where they have robots, head. robots, the. Is like oh we're like the maid and everything yeah and the, the guests or not the guests they're like all the butlers or whatever or yeah okay um but it's directed by Jack Smite written by Rod Serling stars Inger Stevens John Hoyt and Irene Tedrow um I, like I said it's it's a good episode it's a good fun little you know Twilight Zone episode so we'll look forward to that but without further ado that is our look at Nick of Time um once again is number seven on our list. Uh, Rob, thank you for once again coming on a short notice. I actually like the day before if you wanted, wanted to come on to talk about this. I know you're very busy this week, so I do appreciate it. And uh, once again, to Triv and Jacob, I appreciate you working with the schedule as we always do. But uh, Rob, as always, uh, when they want to find your content, if they actually want to watch that Hitler video that you uh, mm-hmm. have millions of views on now, uh, where can they find your content at and what you're up to? Uh, you can just go on YouTube and search my name, Robert Dodrill, and uh, should come up as my channel. I've got a, I have a playlist with all my films, but if you search through the, the rest, you can see all the meme videos that have way more views than any of my films that I put a lot more work into. Yeah, and you have um, you just posted you you were working on a, a short that you just posted a trailer for, right? Uh, yeah, there's a short western that I uh, wrote called Hang Fire, and uh, it should be coming out. I don't know when it's going to be online, but uh, it's going to go through festivals and stuff. It was directed by a guy named Dustin Seltzer, and uh, I wrote it for him, and he shot it um, over the summer. And funny enough, I also wrote and directed a Western of my own, but mine's a Western horror, and hopefully it'll be coming out. It'll go straight to my YouTube in probably the next couple months or so. It's got some CGI work in it, so that's taken a little while to do. So once all that's done, I'll finish editing it and put it out 
but yeah, look forward to that. You know, if you watch any of Rob's content, it's amazing. So, uh, Jacob, you're on this channel quite often. You have a blinking eye behind you, which we never really discussed, which I think is pretty awesome that you do that. But if they want to find we awesome content, like <laughs> we don't talk about Jeff. <laughs> we don't talk about Jeff. <laughs> Um, but if they want to watch all your great content, like your uh, almost awesome show, all that good stuff, where can they find your content at? Hey, Jacob Andrews Reviews on YouTube. And you can find me on Twitter at RedNemple2. But on my channel on YouTube where I put all my stuff, I have a twice-weekly show, Wednesdays and Tuesdays at 2 o'clock Central Time. Wednesdays and the... Saturdays. What, what did I say? You said Wednesdays and Tuesdays. You can watch it on Tuesday if you like. It just won't be live. It goes live on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Um, I was trying to illustrate how you can watch it anytime. It's on the internet. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, Wednesdays and Saturdays it goes live, and then little I put out little snippets of the show as separate content, more digestible pieces. But I also still do reviews here or there. Um, I like this week. By the time this airs, I will have done a review for DC's League of super pets i think is what it's called nick you've already seen it is that what the name yeah, of it yeah. i don't know i just call yeah, it super you... pets that and another movie i'm looking at and some other junk and stuff with the show and on wednesday nights as of right now i still stream obscure out there games i love me some fmv games this week i'll be doing the psychic detective on 3do and it's extremely large box so looking <laughs> forward to that come check well actually last week i did that yeah as of watching this if you're watching it on monday go back and watch it i'm sure it was great it was an awesome time oh yeah the thing yeah, happened in the place with the other thing and mm -hmm, my mm -hmm. head exploded it was amazing It was great and uh yeah and nick is also on the almost awesome show so come check out our little show that's like this one but different uh i think nick has something special going this wednesday as well that he does i do but before we get to that uh triv you're almost at a thousand subscribers. Quite you need those thousand that. subscribers so you can feel important, like we are. Actually, no, I'm kidding. You, you're more important. You're, oh, you're like the captain. You're like the captain Janeway of this crew. Oh, jeez. Need them to reinforce peanut butter to work. my jelly, the chocolate uh, to the uh, vodka. Go over you here. Know, the, no, in all honesty, where can they find your content? At, Can't if get they out. want to reach out. If they want to subscribe and get you to that thousand subscriber base. Oh, well, right now, as of the recording of this, I'm sitting at 915 or something like that, even though it's well after 1145. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, you can find me here on the YouTube's uh, Trivial Theater. I uh, do quite a wide range of random, obscure and straight up bad movie reviews, uh, kind of split between collabs and uh, individual reviews. My next review is a total mind fuck called Forbidden Zone. If my head doesn't explode between now and when this podcast or this stream goes live, uh, that will most likely be out. So uh, in addition to that, you can also find me on Twitter at Trivial Theater. Um, make sure to check out these two knuckleheads below me or next to me or wherever they happen to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a story. <laughs> Of a cup of Uranus. Uh, <laughs> the almost awesome show is incredible, and Nick is celebrating his four-year anniversary, which is awesome. And also, this dude next to me is a kick-ass talent with lots of awesome stuff. Regardless of how little he posts, when he does, it is the best thing on the YouTubes. So show them all love because they deserve it just as much, if not more. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fuck you, Rod Serling Funko. <laughs> Not actually and, Rod Serling. <laughs> and with that said, you can. <laughs> Shit. And so with that said, you can reach me at Movie Emporium. Once again, as at the as this posting of this video, I did do a live stream on Wednesday night. Um, you know, talking about, you know, uh, my four year anniversary on YouTube. And of course, we did a little bit of what the dub. So come for that. Or you, you probably already came for that. So that doesn't really matter. <laughs> I came for uh, that, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> but we were also on audio feeds like Audio Boom and Audacity and uh corn hub and itunes chris and pine amazon music and chris pine michelle and nichols Janeway and uh <laughs> carl urban all that good stuff so uh Avery brooks <laughs> yeah exactly mel brooks you that know was that cisco type. by the way Avery brooks he's the one we forgot <laughs> uh but anyways reach us all there find that content and movie porium so anyways without further ado for myself rob jacob and triv we'll see you guys next time in the twilight zone peace out bye bye